did want to share something, and hopefully you got your mail this week. I don't know where mine went, but um, you probably got one of these little mailers. Wes, can you? That's okay. Becky's going to help me out this morning. Hopefully you got one of these in the mail this week, and it's been an ordeal. I tell you what, the uh, postmaster does not make it easy, but hopefully you got one of these in the mail, and it's just, thank you. A little letter about us, right? And here's our community calendar. This is the stuff that's going on, and I'll be honest, some of them have some typos because I just couldn't bring myself to print 2,000 more and fold 2,000 more and tape 2,000 more. But um, So some of them do have some, some times that are a little wrong, but if you show up for breakfast at 7.30, you can just help cook for half an hour. <laughs> uh, they'd probably appreciate that if you got one of those. But this went out to 1,200 homes within about five miles here. Did you even know there were that many active mailboxes? I'm not talking about just buildings, because Lord knows there's a bunch of those around here, but these are active mailboxes in our community. That's that how many people that we minister to, that we reach out to, and like I said, we've got an email, a couple emails back, uh, the little code here lets people go to our, our church website and learn about our services and what we're doing, and what's really interesting, if you go to that on the About Us piece, down below is the story of this church, and we're coming up on our 40th anniversary, did you know that, in May? May of next year will be 40 years since this church was started. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. A lot of people have come through this place. Maybe not all at once. Luckily, we don't fit them all at once. But a lot of people have come through this place and this impacted lives. We've had marriages here. And, and it's just fantastic. And, but this, this is not an outreach tool. This is information sharing. This part here is a community service so that they know there's community meals and, and there's crime watch and then there are things um, like, uh, you know, the things that we do for an outreach as well and our service schedule and certainly, um, you know, Apple Festival thing around here. It's just to share information. How we get the word about the church, how we get the word about Christ is about sharing it, right? Now they've heard of you because, oh, yeah, I got something in the mail that said that. Whether they put this up on the refrigerator for the next three months or not, the word's out. Guys, invite people. If you don't invite them here and that's fine, invite them to have a relationship with Christ because that's what we're called to do. Okay? I wanted to, I wanted to start with that. That was, that was really cool. Day one, I think I sent a message to the board. I said, day one, I saw 71 people had scanned that code. Or it had been scanned 71 times by 61 different people. And, you know, people are checking this out. And, and we're not trying to be the biggest and best. We're just trying to be the biggest and best little community church Golden Beach has. So, so keep it up. So after that, I'd like to work, begin with a word of apology. All right. How many were here last Sunday? That was a long message. <laughs> I shared a message about the process of faith, and, uh, and I attempted to cover an enormous amount of really important information in a single Sunday morning service, and shame on me. Um, and it's not that I spent over 30 minutes talking, which is kind of a, you know, I try to really keep it under that. Um, my apology is, is that I tried to cram so much in there, and it's such an important topic. And uh, as I was reflecting on this week, in fact, I, I was listening to it on the way home, and, and I was like, wow, I mean, that's good stuff, but even I am tired of hearing myself speak. And, and I was sharing this with a friend of mine who's a Baptist preacher. I work with him Monday through Friday, and we have a pretty good relationship. And he just rolled his eyes, and he said, his con congregation would love him if he only spoke for 30 minutes. And I said... <laughs> 
That's why the Methodists always beat the Baptists to lunch. <laughs> and he agreed. So in addition to the apology, I want to, to repeat the suggestion and offer that I made last week. And, and I suggest you ta- study this topic deeper on your own because it's way too much to talk about in 20 or 30 minutes. And that's this point where God created you and God chose you and he called you and it leads up to glorification. And we're all in this process right now of sanctification where we, we go for a while and we mess up. And then we say, God, I'm sorry I messed up. And he says, oh, it's okay, I forgive you, try again. And you go for a while, and sometimes it's not very long. And that's this process where we're now, we're talking about that. So a lot of good stuff. And, and let me just give you the short story. God never stops forgiving you as long as you never stop asking for forgiveness. That's the deal. That's the deal he's made with us. That's his promise. So you can only mess it up two ways. Or you can only break the cycle. One is to stop messing up, which is the goal. But let's be realistic. The only way is to stop asking for forgiveness. So keep up your part. and Let's get through the sanctification process together. Anyway, um, and I extended this message, and I, I, I use this word, and I hope you know this is an, always an open invitation in this church. I said, if we as your church, or if I as your pastor, can do anything to help you, to encourage you, or support you, don't be silent, okay? I, I told you, don't leave this place without accepting the blessing of Christ and Christian love and accountability that this church has to offer. Whether you come forward at the end of the service or request special prayers or or counseling or you just need to chat during the week, don't keep it to yourself. This place is full of people who love you and care about you and just want you to to keep trying, right? And none of us have it all figured out because if we did, we wouldn't need to be here, all right? And, and it is my deep hope that you realize that you have been chosen by God and called by God, even if you don't fully understand what that means, but it's important that you know that you have been. And that leads me to this morning's topic, which is there's no identity crisis here. Okay? So if I were to ask you, who are you? How would you answer? I mean, would you answer with your name? Most people would, right? I say, so I would say, who am I? I'm Tyler Bennett. Would you answer with your occupation or your title? You know, I, I'm Tyler Bennett. I, I might say there was a time in my life certainly when I would have said, I'm an international operations manager for a Department of Defense contractor, and my job is to travel the world going to air shows and talking about important things with foreign governments, and, and I love aviation. And there was a time when I would say that. Who are you? Well, I'm, you know, that's who I am. That's not who I am. That's what I did. But let me tell you what I learned about from that. And it wasn't an easy lesson. And sometimes God lets us learn some of these uncomfortable lessons, right? These these, uh, risky prayers, like God teach me who I really am. And I I realized that I may have been really good at my job. I may have been really a hot shot in, in what I was doing at the moment. But when I lost that job because the contract ended, it just didn't renew, and, and I lost my job, and my team lost their job, and I found myself going, wow, am I that important? And I realized my importance didn't come from that. No one's importance comes from that. And I realized if, I, if my importance wasn't because of that, then I'm not less important now the next morning when I wake up without a job to go to. But I was also no more important yesterday when I thought I had something really important to do. Not that it wasn't important, but it didn't define me. And, and I started struggling with that, and I realized that I had my importance and my priority out of whack. I had misplaced what my career, which was a blessing, and made it something that it wasn't designed to be. Right, my job was what I did and nothing more, and it's not who I am. Like I said, um, 
if I was a good person because while I was doing the daily work required to become more and more Christ, like I was on a path to salvation through God's mercy and through Jesus' sacrifice, right? His gift on the cross. And, and if I'm still that same person the next morning, then I'm still the same person the next morning. But don't we all do that from time to time? We have these wonderful blessings that come into our life and we make them just a little bit more important than they're supposed to be. They're wonderful blessings and we pay them for it or sometimes we don't. But sometimes we get so hung up on these things that they become a little more important to God than to us on that. And that is not who we are. Okay, That's not who God calls us to be. And then when asked, who are you? Sometimes we don't answer with a name. Sometimes we don't answer with a title. We answer with an accomplishment. Right? And these aren't necessarily bad things. I might say, I'm a man with a lake house. Woohoo! And two college degrees. Right? And I'm working towards another one. And I'm also a scuba diver and a licensed pilot. And, and I've never lost a mixed martial arts competition ever. Ever. Stop picturing that. Um, <laughs> I've never been in a match. But honestly, I've never lost one. Right? But <laughs> you can use that, yes. But with all seriousness, can you see how my, that answer is dangerously close to who am I? Well, this is what I did. This is who I am. Those are wonderful things, right? But they're not who I am. It's just what I did. Sometimes we answer with what our, our role is. Well, who are you? Well, I'm a nurse. I'm a school teacher. I'm a, I'm a lawyer. I'm a doctor. And, and these are wonderful things. But the truth is, for many reasons, it's important to know who you are, and it's more important to know when to answer that question the right way, right? It's okay to know who you are, but be prepared to answer out loud. Volunteer. Heather. You guys who are here regularly, I usually have that bright-colored bowl, and you never know if I'm giving out candy. Would you make sure everybody gets one of these? I'm going to give out these hello, my name is name tags. I don't want you to write anything on it. It's going to serve as a reminder. Who are you? Let me just tell you this. God knows who you are, right? God knows what's written on this tag for you. And how does God answer this question for you? Well, well, he made you. He set out the purpose for your life. And he knows how your, how your life has gone so far. And he knows how your life is going so far, right? Does it make anybody a little nervous? He also knows what he'd like to do for you and what he'd like to do with your life, all right? Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Isn't it wonderful to know that the God that knows all, controls all, can do all, says, I want good things for you? Because he can do a better job of making sure I'm happy than I can. Thank you. All right. Here's some other encouraging words from Scripture. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, right? God can take the things, even the bad stuff going through your life, and you work it for your good purpose. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good things, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Again, isn't it nice to know that there's a plan, and the one who made it has your best interest in mind? In Psalm 33.11, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. And maybe you've heard some of these verses before. It's likely you have. And the Bible is full of words of encouragement, guidance, maybe even some of warning, some of wisdom, certainly, and some of love. And this is an open book exam, right? 
you, you think you don't know what to do with your life, this, it's an open book exam. Open it up and say, God, show me what you want me to know, what you want me to hear, what you want me to do, and he will. He will absolutely do that. And next Sunday morning is the first Sunday of the month, and we'll have our 8.30 Bible study time. And we're going to look at about two dozen verses that I think everybody should have memorized. And when I say memorized, I don't want you to panic because uh, we aren't going to actually memorize them. But, but I don't want you to memorize them so that you can repeat them back if tested because we're not going to test you. I mean, remember them, just remember them so you can understand them so that you can pull strength from them when life tests you, right? That's why we don't call it our, our scripture to memorize. It's our scripture to remember. Yet to all that did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. If you can't give that to me word for word, I don't care. But if you're in a tough time and you go, who am I? I'm a child of God. Right? Isn't that the answer? Good thing. I hope you can join us at 8.30. Coffee will be on 8.30. Maybe you can have some donuts or cookies out early. But it's a good time, about 50 minutes to an hour, gathering around the table, kind of discussing. We're going to look at a couple of these verses that we can pull on in these kind of things, in these times. But, and we previously studied the names of God, Father, Abba, Yahweh, Provider, El Shaddai, right? This morning we're going to ask God to tell us what he names us. Again, I don't want you to write your name on this name tag because um, we're going to learn what really belongs there. And for you organized thinkers, I'm really going to mess with you. Because I don't want to go through this in a checklist or anything like that where you can go, okay, it's that one, that one, and then I stop listening. I'm going to kind of mix these up a little bit because I want you to hear everything consider. Is this what God thinks of me? Is this what God calls me to be? Let's begin. Galatians 3.26. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Who am I? I'm a child of God. You are a child of God. John 15.15. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have known, I've made known to you. And these are Jesus' word. And what is he saying? He said, you're my friend. You're Jesus' friend. Talking about keeping good company. He says, you're greatly loved by God. Scripture says this. And he's demonstrated in John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world, right? Ephesians 2, 4, Colossians 3, 12, these are all verses. But in 1 Thessalonians 1, 4, it says, For we know, brothers and sisters, right, because we're adopted children of God, you are loved by God and he has chosen you. You have been chosen, handpicked, first fruits. How about this? I'm God's workmanship, created in Christ to do good things that he has prepared for me to do, Ephesians 2, 10. Right? You are God's workmanship. He crafted you. He made you special. And he says, I have everything I need to live a godly life and equipped to live in his divine name. That's 2 Peter 1, 3 through 4. What is he, he, not only has he designed you, but he's equipped you. He's given you what you need to fulfill his plan and purpose. Not 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him that called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Who am I? I'm a child of the light. I'm a royal priest. I'm a holy nation. I'm God's special possession. Don't try to write all this on here. Just making a point. <laughs> Scripture says you're a whole new person with a whole new life, right? We studied this last week, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new has come. And what happened? The old has gone away. The new is here. The, the old is gone. There's no room for it. And because of that, you're renewed in the knowledge of God. This is from Ephesians 2.5. You are alive with Christ. You're born again, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart. 
for God's purpose through the living and everlasting word of God. It's in Colossians. These are Paul's words. And I love that. He says, not only did God choose you, he renewed you, and now you're set apart. I mean, you're chosen, and you're up on the shelf. God's proud of what he's done in you and through you. We've talked about this before. You are a place where the Spirit dwells. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Do you not know that your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God? You are not your own. If you've accepted Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives within you. It guides you. It's, it's your inner voice, your, your conscience that says this is good, this is right, this is proper. It helps you get the words together to, to pray when you just don't know what to say to God. The Spirit of God who is greater than any world of the world lives in you. Wow, you got a powerful ally in you, right? We talked about that, a message called More Than a Wingman, the Holy Spirit and its role in your life. You know this, you're totally forgiven, right? Put that, hello, my name is forgiven. Do we need to remember that sometimes? 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. There's that promise, if then. If you confess, then I am faithful, I am just, I will forgive you. Not, not if on his side, it's if on our side. If we do this, he absolutely will do that. And Romans 8, 2 says we're free from the law of sin and death. And we are holy and without blame before him in love. How about this, Philippians 3.20. Here's something worth remembering. You're a citizen of heaven. It says, but our citizenship is in heaven. We eagerly wait a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. You're visiting. You're on your path. You're on your journey here. Your home awaits you. This is one we sometimes forget too. I'm, you're God's messenger to the world, Acts 1.8. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, right? We've done that. And you'll be my witness in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and the, to the ends of the earth. God uses you. You are his messenger by the example of the life you live. And you're an ambassador to him. You're a disciple maker, right? You're called to be at least. Matthew 28.19 Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You've been empowered to do this. And here's one we forget, too. I'm not ruled by fear because the Holy Spirit lives in me and gives me his power, love, and self-control. That's 2 Timothy 1.7. I am not ruled by fear because the Holy Spirit lives in me and gives me power, love, and self-control. Okay. Who couldn't use more self-control, right? Who couldn't use more love? But the thing is this, you're not ruled by fear. So what are you? You're courageous. You're confident. Do you need to remember that from time to time? And I really love this. According to 1 Peter 5, 8, you're an enemy of the devil. That's a good thing to put on your business card. He has to flee from you. You have Christ in your life, the Holy Spirit in your, in, within you, devil can't stand a chance when you put your foot down and call on that uh, call on jesus's name you can't i want that written on me too and i started this message by telling you that answering the question with which what you accomplished or your title or what your role is these aren't the right answer right we aren't defined by what we've done but the real answer to this question the, the, the whole answer the truth the only truth 
is to reply with what God has accomplished, not what I've accomplished. What God has titled me, not what I call myself. And what role God has for me, not what I'm doing at the moment. So the answer that you probably should have on your name tag, if you were to say, who am I? It should say, hello, my name is blank. Not blank, your name. I am a child of a heavenly father and a brother to a savior that loves me and calls me friend. I am divinely purposed. I am fully equipped and ordained by a sovereign God to perform his good works in this world for as long as I am here, after which time I am glorified and claim my citizenship in heaven. Isn't that the real truth about every single one of us, regardless of what our name is? A heavenly father has called you his child, and his son, our savior, has called you his friend, and you've got good stuff waiting for you. You don't have to write all that down. But I just want you to live your life in a way so the answer is obvious to everyone around you. They don't have to read that to know that that's what you think of yourself, right? That you do that by the way you respond to people and the way you respond to circumstances. You see them and you, you know people like this. They're going through something so hard and they're so courageous. They're so at peace. They're so encouraged and encouraging. I mean, how many people do we know that are, you go to try to sit by them because they're, and they lift you up. Right? That's the kind of life we're called to leave, like life we're called to lead. So the real question isn't who are you, but what God wants to know is how will you answer, and will you answer when someone asks you that question, in words or in circumstances? His, you're going through some stuff. Who are you? What are you going through? And this comes out. Let's pray. Father God, you call us so many things, and the Bible is just full of words of promise and encouragement of who we are. Not just who we are, but who you say we are. Not only that, but who we are because of who you are. God, we are your children. We are deeply and eternally loved. You have good plans for us, and you've given us the ability and the will to make our own choices. God, help us to make the right choices. Help us to remember in all times and all circumstances who we really are. God, let us not be defined by what we do and say and accomplish, but by what you have done and said and accomplished. And may we just be a reflection of that in our daily lives. God, as always, I want to conclude this message by thanking you for this building, all who've come before and supported it, those who are here now. Pray for the empty places in the pews, the reminders they serve, that there's room to invite people into a relationship with you. God, we lift this up to you in your holy name. Amen. I want to say one more thing. There's a verse here, and I love this verse. Okay, we'll get to the verse in a second. But after the verse, uh, there's a song, and we've listened to this gentleman's song before. His name is Matthew West. He's a storyteller. Um, and the last one we did a sermon on forgiveness, we played his song, but he wrote a song that says, hello, my name is, and in the video actually uses something like this. So if you'll indulge me for about two and a half minutes, I'd, I'd like to share the song with you.
There's the verse. Does anybody need to take a proverbial sticker like this that maybe had something you heard before or believed before? Are you, are you facing some fear, some concern, some depression, whatever it may be, that you need to throw that away and replace it with what he says you are? Do that this week. I love this verse. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. That's what we are. Now, if you'll join me for our last hymn.